Welcome back to a new week and a new episode of Strange Days. You um, might hear some baby screams in the background. That's just Harrison doing tummy time. Uh, but remember what we are trying to do here uh, on this podcast and in this season is encourage each other and equip each other uh, with regards to following Jesus better. And so hopefully we're being inspired. We're learning from the writings of Luke regarding our prayer lives. And just a reminder to participate this week on Wednesday, the 27th of May, in our day of prayer and fasting. It's an amazing gap to put into practice all the things we've been chatting through over the last three or four weeks with regards to fasting and prayer. And so please, I invite you to do that. Check out the Common Ground, uh, any of the Common Ground Facebook pages for more information. But uh, our Greenpoint and Seapoint ones, for those of us who are part of that tribe, please check that out. And today in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is picking his 12 apostles. Now, uh, many of you would have just heard me preach on Mark's equivalent of this text yesterday at church or a few days ago, depending on when you're listening to this. But unlike Mark's version, Luke tells us that Jesus prayed before choosing them. And so here's the short passage, Luke 6, 12 to 13. In these days, Jesus went to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles. Now, once again, Luke is wanting to highlight prayer to us, where all the other gospel writers were obviously more concerned with other angles and emphases. And the big idea today for you and I to walk away with, hopefully, is that big decisions require big prayers. Okay, grammatically, it might not be a great sentence, I agree, but it captures what, uh, what we see here. And we're all making decisions all the time, right? Some are bigger than others. Uh, some don't even really require too much prayer at all. I'm reminded of a, a super spiritual girl in my life group years ago who told us that she uh, would wait on God and pray over which brands of bread and milk to buy when she was at the shop. And to be honest, I think God is probably saying, hey, I gave you a brain. You don't need to consult me on every single tiny detail. Um, but there are bigger decisions that we'll have to make a few times a year, perhaps. And then there are those massive decisions around uh, where we'll live, who we'll marry, uh, what we're going to specifically give our lives to, what church community we're going to commit to for the long term and not just till we get bored. These are big decisions. And the bigger the decision is, the bigger and longer our prayers probably need to be. And so that's what we see here in Luke today. And this may not have been the only time Jesus prayed regarding who to choose, uh, you know, for his close crew. I'm fairly certain he prayed a lot more about it. Um, but when the time came, uh, when it was, you know, team selection day for him, uh, Luke tells us that he didn't sleep that night. Okay, it was such a big decision in trusting his ministry and the future of the gospel and the church uh, to a group of people that Jesus stayed up all night praying. And Luke probably included it in his story here also to underscore just how big this decision was. It, and what we see here is <clears throat> Jesus going and doing this, going to the mountain, praying for all this time. It once again shows intentionality like we've, we've highlighted before on the podcast. But it also shows Jesus's, you know, endurance and his persistence here. It was basically a prayer vigil of sorts. And once again, as I wanted to point out as well, we, we see that he, he, he goes, he seeks time away from everyone. He goes to the mountain this time instead of the desert. He goes to the mountain to seek the face of the Father. Going to the mountains is, is quite a classic um, 
thing in the Old Testament. Everyone would go, you know, to Mount Sinai where people met God. It was quite a signature thing. And I think of even other spiritual faith traditions. People love to get away to the mountains to find themselves or or seek higher beings and all that kind of stuff. But thinking back on my life, I've got several stories uh, of this sort of a thing. And um, I'll share one or two of them briefly now, not to draw attention to myself, but hopefully to encourage you and remind you that uh, people are still doing this. People around us are still um, going to God and, and, and seeking Him for big things. And hopefully God inspires us again today to, to run to Him in prayer. Pretty sure you can hear Harrison in the background now. But um, I remember at the end of 2010, my work doing a video at Common Ground was finishing. Many of you don't even know that I was involved there back in the day doing that. And I had a blank slate, blank slate ahead of me for 2011. And I was feeling more and more called to ministry at that point, um, which was new for me at the time. And a gap all of a sudden opened up for me to go and lead a youth ministry in Zim. And this was a massive decision. I either stay in Cape Town where I'd set up my life for the last five years or move back home and lead this ministry. And so this is what I did. Um, firstly, John Piper was in town. And so I went to a sort of evening meeting on a Friday night, which was great, where he was speaking at. And I remember he, he was calling people to, to go and leave and die for the gospel. And so I actually went up to him at the end of the thing and um, stood in the queue and went to him. And I told him the decision that I had to make, um, which is ridiculous when I look back on it. But um, what he did was he just quoted Psalm 25 to me, which says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. And he just looked at me and said, you're a sinner, right? And I said, yes. And then he said, God will instruct you in the way. And uh, so then I left and my mate and I got in a car and we went camping for the weekend to explicitly seek God on, on this decision for my life. And um, I felt more and more led over the course of the weekend by God to to stay in Cape Town with a uh, an uncertain future. And when I got back to town on the Sunday night, there seemed more and more uh, confirmations in conversations I had with wiser old leaders. And so eventually I made the decision to stay. And I also remember praying with Michelle on whether or not we would move to Seapoint at the beginning of last year. It was a massive call to leave our church home of over 10 years, all our friends, our networks, my job, um, and we, we didn't take it lightly. We spent tons of time in prayer as well as processing again with older, wiser leaders in our lives and getting prophetic words from the prophetically gifted people that we knew. And through many avenues, it felt good to us in the Holy Spirit that, that we needed to move, that that's what God was calling us to. And so when we've got massive calls to make, yes, I want to say, ask other people to pray for you and get the prophetic words. But you yourself need to set aside time to seek God. And um, sometimes we don't do it. And that's an interesting question. Why, do, why don't we do it sometimes? I think there's many possible answers. I think self-reliance is one answer. We love to just depend on ourselves and go for it. And maybe at other times, our decision uh, is, is actually quite clear, the one that we need to make, but we don't want to do it. Um, and we worry that if we pray to God, he's going to answer us and stop us from making the call that we want to make rather than the one that we know we should make. And so we, we don't involve him. And there's probably many other answers to that question. And perhaps another question some of us might have is, hey, how do I know which way God is leading me? And that question requires a book to answer it because there's so many ways God speaks and guides. There's so many clauses and caveats that I feel like I need to make. And if anyone is looking for help in this area specifically, please reach out to me. I can recommend some great resources with regards to this. But I thought I'd just share one thing that helped Michelle and I in our decision to move to Seapoint two years ago. 
And firstly, let me say, we all have to make all our decisions, every single one, through the lens of God's kingdom and the gospel. We have to do this. His will has to come first. It's why the Lord's prayer starts off with with that. Um, Your kingdom come, your will be done. All the other prayers for provision and protection and guidance must fit in with our desire to do God's will in our lives. That has to be the overarching paradigm. But now as part of our process, um, I sped read the book of Acts uh, through the lens of decision making and found what I think is a very helpful paradigm for decision making, specifically when it comes to decisions around ministry and serving God. And I summarize it like this. I wrote this down. It seems to me like occasionally the Spirit clearly sends, leads, and directs. It seems that occasionally the Spirit clearly forbids. But generally, and for the majority of the book of Acts, it seems like the Spirit allows. And that, I felt, was a very helpful paradigm reading the book of Acts. And Rigby and Sue, who were also helping us process this decision, they also had a great axiom for us, which was, was this. You don't need permission when you've got the commission. Sounds a bit cheesy, but very true. Okay, we've been told to go make disciples of all nations, love and serve God and, and people. And so we don't need to feel like we need to ask his permission every step of the way. We need to move humbly, for sure, but we need to move. We don't just sit around waiting for God to tell us when to go or where to go when he's already told us that we can go. And so allow me to end this episode, which um, hopefully leads you to pray at the end of this um, and also sparks off a whole bunch of other conversations and studies that we all need to do. But allow me to end it with just two quotes from people commenting on this passage from Luke. Um, and the first is from Charles Spurgeon, speaking of, of how we can be transformed. Um, he wrote this, One night alone in prayer might make us new men, changed from poverty of soul to spiritual wealth, from trembling to triumphing. And I think that's a fantastic quote of what prayer can do in our hearts. And lastly, Mark Driscoll gives us this advice, and I think it's so helpful to end on. He just said this, Pray humbly, act boldly. Go to God first. Seek God before the decision instead of after the resulting devastation of not seeking him. I'll say it one more time. Pray humbly, act boldly. Go to God first. Seek God before the decision instead of after the resulting devastation of not seeking him. Father, thank you for Jesus' example of running to you in prayer. And God, help us to be people who are actively moving with regards to carrying out your will and being messengers and demonstrators of the gospel. But Father, also make us people who cry out to you when big decisions need to be made. Father, I know in this time of coronavirus, there are many of us right now who are making big decisions around jobs and lifestyles and family and where to live. And so I ask that you would guide each and every one of us as we seek your face, Father. We echo the writings of of the psalmist when he said, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. Amen.